Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. I'm doing this on Sunday, which is the day before <laughs> it comes out tomorrow morning. Happy Halloween, everybody. Celebrate appropriately. And uh, I have a special episode today. It has nothing to do with Halloween. Now I've had some interesting memories. I understand my old company is kind of resurrecting some of the traditions that were there when when I was there, which was a lot of fun. Thanks, sponsors. Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, CompC.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Panini, Tops, and Upper Deck. Again, this episode, my first loyalty is to my sponsors. I have two auction sponsors, Heritage Auctions and Huggins and Scott. I put in a word for them, but my friend, the executor of this estate, chose the Memorabilia Network, which is a newer, more than an auction company, as you'll find out from the interview here. I did some research on it. Uh, they already had a personal relationship with one of the key guys there, and I had known Harlan Werner for a long time. Uh, Mike Gutierrez was the director of appraisals. So the collection went off to those guys, and I've seen the catalog. It looks terrific. And the auction closes November 6th. I thought, I'm just uh, interested in the process here, but also uh, hopeful that my friend and the heirs of actually knew the consigner as well a little bit as a brother-in-law of my friend. But uh, at any rate, so I'm hoping it does well. And I just thought this is a dip into uh, what happens behind the scenes from passing away to getting it in the auction. And then, as I said, Sunday, the auction will be over and we'll see what happens there. Thanks, Mike Gutierrez. Uh, we've been more friends in the hobby. I've not really done a lot of business with him, but he's one of the OG guys like me. See him at the shows. Harlan, same thing. Again, it's a wonderful hobby. I've made great friendships. But when you get a collection like this, it was just huge. And so if you do get a chance to look at the catalog, it's tmnauctions.com, I guess, would show you the, the memory of the network. Thanks, Mike, for giving some insights. Thanks, Harlan, for a new take on auction being a part of what you want to do and look forward to your creativity. Again, check it out. And here's my interview with Mike. Does it make it easier when he had so much multiplicity in this collection? He had a hundred mantle autographs. And so yeah. if, if one of them is secretarial, it's going to stick out. We had some secretarial DiMaggio's. Were yeah. all of his DiMaggio's good? Because I think he got a lot of these in person at shows back in the late 70s, early 80s. He did. See, I met him in the early 70s. And especially him being from well, Dallas. Yeah, but yeah the early 70s. Good yeah, Lord. But I, I met him before he was a collector. I just knew him as the brother-in-law of one of my close friends and a sharp guy and everything. But yeah. now I look at all the stuff that he had and I really wasn't going that direction in my collecting pursuits. He's got so many multi-signed, they're works of art, I think. They're covers of things. They'll display up and frame up so yeah. nicely and the catalog looks great. The auction will be over this Sunday. So it's probably too late to get the catalog, but you can go online at tmnauctions.com. I already have a couple auction sponsors that cover so much of what's out there with Heritage being right here and mm -hmm. Huggins and Scott, my longtime friendship with Bill and, sure. and the other end of the market in many cases. But you guys have started something that seemed to be a good fit for this stuff because uh, Harlan has always been a per big personality and all this autograph stuff and the memorabilia and the uh, odd shapes and sizes and the catalog just looks great. Oh, I saw it when it was a pile of stuff in my friend's yeah. spare bedroom. And it was over. In fact, it was in the living room and the garage. This was a huge collection. Yeah. And, I think um, over 2,000 items, actually. That's just the first wave. One thing yeah. I loved about the catalog, and sometimes I win auction items, 
And I think that's great. And then I get this huge hostage in handling. And what you've done in the catalog there, you put the maximum size or you put in some sizes there that can tell people that it's going to be a little bit more expensive to ship if it's a bigger, more fragile item. Obviously with cards, you don't worry about that too much, but yeah, some of these things, they've got to be packed securely. And when they're oversized, I mean, over oversized, bigger than Sports Illustrated's. Yep. And frankly, he's got tons of sport and Sports Illustrated's there. <laughs> and Sports Illustrated, it's not that they needed to make a comeback, but they're hugely collectible now and great. Hugely, yeah. And wasn't it great that Dr. Smalley was able to have a foresight of saying, as opposed to just having a baseball or opposed to just having a signed photo, something like that, which was common back then, he went the next step to get something that was really representative of not only the player, but of perhaps one of the home run or pitching records and times and dates. That, it was that a clearly a labor of love and you put together these collage kind of things where he's got five yeah. signatures where he had to cart it around. Again, I think he was in Houston that time and TriStar's there, but you couldn't even do what he's done now. It's not that you wouldn't have enough money, but the time, the money, the effort, and the temperament yeah. of yeah. some of these players and celebrities I don't know that you can even do this. And also, back then, you could get multiples of all these done at a reasonable cost. (laughs) I remember when Mickey Mantle raised his rate to $15. The very next week, Joe DiMaggio did. Now, that's going way, way back. But it made it easier to get more multiples, as the doctor did. Today, those signatures are running in the hundreds. When I was doing autograph collecting 50 years ago, yeah. I was mailing off stuff to the players with a self-addressed stamped envelope and they'd mail it Me back. Too. And you couldn't send too many, but you couldn't do that with this stuff now because he was sending pieces that were interesting in their own right. Yeah. And then getting signed. And if they already had somebody else signed on there, uh, when I went over there and the deal had not been made, yeah. and I thought, do I want to enter into the bidding for this collection. <laughs> I had a little bit of an inside track when I heard about the pitch that the memorabilia network was doing and I knew they had you on board. And so I thought yeah, there's a little bit of an edge there that because if I were to get this collection, I'd have to pay an arm and a leg to get everything authenticated. You With know. my reputation, I couldn't put it out there and say, I'm pretty sure it's good, even though I used to be pretty up on it, but that was 45 years ago. The other reason I wasn't that interested in it other than to help my friend, is that there's no Roberto Clemente's. And I realized Clemente died in late 72. And in fact, Sports Card Insight here, I think that the real valuable autographs to the series collectors are the guys that died in the 60s and the 50s and the 40s. Anybody around for the show circuit, they have to be ultra popular like uh, DiMaggio and Mantle. And of course, Mays, I think, is coming on now. Aaron is is deceased. I love the way it was grouped into the other. They weren't lesser because they're still tough items, but to group the Dodger magazines or the Sports Illustrated Sport magazines or the Yankees there's still a lot of guys that are collecting that way, too, that need the oh. smaller names. And this is a way for them to get several of them. So that's pretty helpful. These know? auction houses, and this is a good example, need to group the items in ways that people collect. If yes. you put disparate items together that no one would want both, they're not going to pay full price if they don't want one, but they do want the other. If it's a grouping that somebody could say, hey, I love the Dodgers. This is the Dodgers yeah. from the 60s. Those are my teams. I'm going to bid on the whole lot and be more aggressive. Unfortunately, the focus really is on high-end memorabilia now. And the old 
kind of collectors that you and I grew up no, with. There's lots there. People are going to be excited about this. They're not hope so. the biggest bucks, but I hope people will dig into that because this is a rare opportunity. What I saw when I went in there, which was so amazing, is it it was not picked over. Like I said, there were no Clementes there, but of course there couldn't have been Clementes because this guy did not buy deceased autographs. He didn't buy Hall of Fame autographs. I think he was meeting the players. He was donating to their causes. He was seeing them at shows. I don't think he was buying these from dealers. This is the good part of this collection because he didn't try to add by buying other items and getting possible secretarial and fake signatures, which I've seen many times. He never strayed away from, I got this in person or I got this, whatever means it was at conventions and other places where he could do this himself. That's the way he liked to collect, and that yeah. was his process. And being a medical doctor, he had process, and he stayed the course. Now, there's a lot of different mediums or media that are signed. What's the hierarchy there? Because in the old days, I got cards signed. Yeah. But these Sports Illustrated and Sport Magazines and even Sporting Newses that are signed are beautiful presentation and yeah. some of the other kinds of programs and things. Is there, as opposed to magazine photos or newspaper photos, they're just so presentation worthy. Oh, absolutely. And the thing to focus in that I hope people will look at is condition. He kept them in nice condition. People want to know, all right, the signature is like a 910, but what condition is the sport magazine or life magazine? And that's important to collectors too. And I understand that. And he's got them in pretty nice condition. The thing is, in the comic book world, you're allowed to press things out. I don't think he did any of that. I saw it before you guys saw it. And a lot of it was in in the plastic holders, the giant top loader things. Right. And they were put away. They were stacked up. And so, again, a labor of love. I hope his family will be happy. These are get in the hands of other people that are just as serious. And look at all of the different types of magazines that he's had all these guys signed that are pretty difficult now. Willie Mays, who apparently can't sign anymore. Look how many there are. Hank Aarons and, of course, Sandy Koufax, who doesn't like to sign. There's many great covers from some of their iconic events that you can get signed. Mike, did you advise them, as I think the senior autograph guy, that they almost have too much of certain players, that they might need to hold it back? I think the desire of the family was to sell it and get good prices in the auction. It's not going to flood the market, but but did you have any heartburn that maybe they should do half the Kofaxes this time and half the Kofaxes next time, or did that discussion take place? It did not. That was not my decision. I don't know exactly what Harlan and the family discussed, but... I think the outcome of the conversations were that they wanted to do it this way. Personally, I see it as I want a certain player on a sport magazine cover. I want him on a life. It's no problem to me. It's having a lot of good candy to eat. Come on. Don't eat it all in one sitting, though. But sometimes in an auction catalog, if it has a little bit of this and a little bit of that, people just pick it up and say, oh, that's nice. But when it has a lot of good stuff, volume of good stuff, then you think, hey, I... I'm going to need to bid on something. And again, we're not even going to get into the Muhammad Ali stuff, which is (laughs) absolutely world-class. And I'm surprised it's even being offered for sale. That's amazing too. So I like the way it was handled and I'm hoping that the bids will come in nice for the benefit of the family. Absolutely. I've done a number of episodes about estate planning. All of us collectors, guys, that that get into your 60s or 70s, you think, I'm going to live forever. (laughs) 
<laughs> that is not true of any of us on right. this earth. We've got a certain number of days, weeks, months, years, decades, hopefully, and hopefully good quality of life too. And I think yeah. being a collector can help with the quality of life. So the plan, I think, was to sell it to the highest bidder, but not the whole collection. And that was the challenge because there were a whole bunch of different things there that when you sell the complete collection, mm -hmm like was done many years ago when there weren't as many outstanding auction venues. Mr. Mint would come in. Mr. Mint would have taken this too. Oh, he had his buddies, the Espositos would take yeah. this and John Brogy would take that. And he'd, Brian. he'd he would parse it out. And yeah. so, but that's what it was like. There were all kinds of autographed balls, all kinds of autographed mm -hmm. programs and things, a bunch of cards, which will hopefully be in the next wave, but just, it was just overwhelming seeing all this equipment and flats. Did you have any concerns about the fragility of some of the items or the ink on the newsprint? No, I didn't. Basically, they had me come in to do the first overall kind of, what do you think of these signatures? So I wasn't that focused in on the condition of the items that they were in. Although I did notice some of them, like I made comments to you saying that, they're nice overall. They were uh, nice, but there's some bleeding on some of them. They use the wrong pen or something for... Yeah, or it's the paper also. Things like scorecards, that type of... Or doesn't take the ink in very well and tends to spread it always. You have to watch out what you're getting signed. Pieces like that are best signed in ballpoint pen, even though it's not from that period of time. It's probably early 50s to further back. It's what's going to stick on their the best over its life than a Sharpie, which is going to spread and give you that. That's good for a magazine cover, but it's not good yeah. for a newsprint. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. The house of is doing color.